Last week we were in chapter 16. Today we'll be in chapter 15. And I'm going to read just verse 11 uh, today. But we're going to span some verses. But, but I think this is the central idea of the message and of the text for today. While you're turning there, as we think about the Sunday of joy, men have pursued joy in every avenue imaginable. Some have successfully found joy while others have not. Perhaps it would be easier to describe where we cannot find joy than to... (laughs) uh, You will never find joy in unbelief. Voltaire was an infidel. In other words, he was associated, he accepted none, no religion whatsoever. And he wrote... I wish I had never been born. You won't find joy in pleasure. For Lord Byron lived a life of pleasure as much as anyone who has ever lived it. And he wrote, the worm, the canker, and grief are mine. You will not find joy in money. Regardless of what the world tells you. Joy will not be found in money. Jay Gold said one of the America's millionaires, being a millionaire, he had plenty of money. And he said, when dying, he said, I suppose I am the most miserable man on earth. You won't find joy in position or fame. Lord Beaconsfield enjoyed more than his share of both. And he wrote, youth is a mistake. Manhood is a struggle. And old age is a regret. And you will not find joy in military glory. Brother Mike basically cleared that up for us, didn't he? But Alexander the Great who conquered the world as we know today. Having done so, he wept in his tent before he said, there is no more worlds to conquer. It seems that you can have everything the world has to offer and still not have joy. And there's a reason for that. The world can't give us joy. But where we can find joy is very simple. Joy is found in Christ and Christ alone. The songwriter stated, in Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. It's when we stand in the love of Christ that we can find joy in this world. 
You know, if we want to experience joy in this cruel world, we must turn to Jesus Christ. We must submit our lives to him because joy is only found in him. And it appears that that's exactly what Jesus is sharing in the gospel of John in chapter 15. Jesus is telling us that our joy is found in him. As a matter of fact, he said it's in him that our joy can be made full. Look there in verse 11. In verse 11 in chapter 15, the Bible says, These things, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. You know, he's not asking us to find the joy of the world. He's not asking us to find our own joy, but he's saying in my joy. (laughs) that my joy may remain in you. And if my joy is in you, then your joy will be full. Boy, that's that's comforting, isn't it? That'll give you strength. It'll give you motivation to continue on serving him. Pray with us, would you? God, we thank you for this day that you've given us. We thank you for the joy that you have promised us. We thank you, God, that that you have made a way for us to Though we live in a world such as this, that God, there's still joy in you. There's joy in serving you through your son, Jesus Christ. It's it's knowing that what we have to look forward to that gives us joy in the midst of our circumstances. Oh God, we thank you for, for how you've loved us and how you've provided for us and how you're protecting us and preserving us and and God, how you're preparing us for a day when our joy will be made full. So now, God, in this time, in this interim, while we are still here, God, on this side of life, we pray that you will continue to pour your joy out upon your people to where your people, God, will be an example to this world that they could... Show this world that there's joy in the Lord. There's joy in serving the Lord. So now, God, you be with us throughout this service. You open our hearts and our minds to see your word. You, God, speak to us. You, God, minister to us. God, we'll praise you for all that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I shared last week, um, in John's account of the gospel message, we find that chapters 14, 15, and 16 happen between Jesus' last supper with the disciples and his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mixed in this discourse of Jesus, we find both truth and comfort. And here in chapter 15, we find that Jesus understands the trouble that his disciples will soon face. Soon they would face fierce persecution. Soon they would be imprisoned and exiled and martyred. And it appears that Jesus wants them to understand the importance of remaining focused. He wants them to understand the importance of being focused on the task that he has given them. Be it remaining focused on their assignment. 
Because if they remain focused on the task, if they remain focused on the assignment, then they will experience his joy. And when they experience his joy, their joy will be full. Now, Jesus isn't speaking about a full joy here on earth. Stay with me for just a little bit. So the real question now that we have to ask is how do we experience his joy so that our joy may be filled? Well, there's a simple answer to that question. And that is that we would follow Christ. We are to follow him. In these first 10 verses of the gospel of John in chapter 15, we find the word abide. We find the word abide nine different times. And each time this word is used, it's used in the same context. It's used, it's the same word that's being used to describe the word abide. This word abide, it means to stay, to remain, to dwell, to continue in. To follow. And Jesus is saying here that I have spoken these things. And when he says this, he is saying that, that if the disciples will keep his commandments, then he, they will abide in him. But not only in him, but they will also abide in his love. Just as Jesus did abide in the Father's commandments and also in his love. Well, what commandments then? If he shared these things, if he had spoken these things, that they were to keep his commandments, what commandments are those? Well, they are found in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, when Jesus is asked, what is the great commandment of the law? And Jesus replies, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like it, that you should love your neighbor as yourself. And all of these, on these hang all the law and the prophets. So here, while Jesus opens up this passage or this chapter with our illustration, and he opens up with this agricultural illustration for, so that the disciples would understand what he means by remaining in him, by continuing to follow him, by abiding in him. He tells them, <coughs> he tells them to continue in him. He states that he is the true vine and the father is the vine dresser or in some translations, the husbandman. Some branches are abiding in the vine from, and from time to time or when the season is right, the father or the vine dresser will have to prune them. And I want to share this with you, uh, that the pruning process is not an easy process to go through. It, it, I, you have to make sure you're, we're pruning the right vines. And when we prune those vines, if we prune the wrong one, there's, there's some juice that comes out of that vine. But when we're pruning the right one's back it's clipping it a little bit and and just as Taylor was saying earlier those times are uncomfortable in our life those times are not easy in our life but there's something greater ahead and that's why he's pruning the mess out of our lives he's preparing us for something bigger than what we can see and something bigger than what we've ever produced but we have to understand that there are branches also that are 
that appear to be connected to the vine, but they're not truly abiding in the vine. The branches will not go unnoticed. Now, we, we will sometimes get upset and we will sometimes start pointing a finger or we will sometimes start saying, well, hey, they're not pulling their weight, but just let God do that. My job is to abide in him. It's not my job to see who else is abiding in him. That's his job to know who's truly abiding in him. And it will not go unnoticed. They are not receiving, those branches, they're not receiving any nutrients from the vine. In fact, whether they look like it or not, the vine dresser, the husbandman, our, our heavenly father can tell if they are truly dead. If they are dead in the trespass of their sins. That's why we don't have to worry about picking and choosing who is and who's not saved. Because we don't know, but God knows. He says he will cut them away from the vine. And there's a reason he cuts them away. He cuts them away so they don't misrepresent the vine. He cuts them away also so they don't infect the abiding branches in the vine. So when we understand this and we know this, we have to understand what, we have to ask the question, what does this really mean to us? Well, it means that if we want to have joy in our lives, then we must follow Jesus. We must abide in him. We shared last week that just by living in this world, we're going to face hardships. And in the midst of those hardships, we must continue to follow Jesus. This is a broken world filled with broken people, so happiness is fleeting. What I mean by that is that Happiness comes and it goes. You will never meet anyone who's always happy all the time. That's just not going to be the case. Everybody in this world is going to face hardships at one time. You'll, you'll never meet anyone that doesn't experience hurt, that doesn't experience frustration, and doesn't experience sorrow. Happiness is a, ple is, is a pleasurable or satisfying experience. It, happiness is based solely upon the circumstances in our lives. So no matter our circumstances, we are to Continue in to follow Jesus. And in the midst of our sorrow, in the midst of our frustration, in the midst of our times of hurting, we are to continue to follow Jesus. Amen. You know, the worst thing in the world we can do is to stop following Jesus. When our children are rebellious, keep following Jesus. When we're passed over for a promotion, keep following Jesus. When we don't get the job we want, keep following Jesus. People will disappoint you, keep following Jesus. The church will let you down, just keep following Jesus. And, we'll, and when we continue to follow Jesus, we abide in him, when we abide in his love. In other words, no matter what the world may do around us, no matter what the world may do to us, if we continue to obey his commands, we will. if we will continue to have fellowship with him then we will experience his joy in our lives and his joy is greater than any happiness our circumstances can produce knowing and experiencing the love of the Lord will produce joy in spite in spite of our circumstances now when we follow Christ we continue to follow Christ, we will 
experience joy. But that joy is going to be because Christ will make our lives fruitful. Now, I think often we want just to feel joy, just to feel joy. But that's not how this works. We don't just feel joy to feel joy. We feel joy when our life is fruitful. It's when we follow Christ and we obey his commands that God will then make our lives fruitful. Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. We have to ask the question, what is his joy? Well, that can be found in Hebrews 12 and 2. <clears throat> Hebrews 12 and 2 says, look into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God, the right hand of the throne of God. So what is that joy that was before him? It's that, it was that glorious day of redemption. <laughs> it was that glorious day when he would be united and exalted with all the believers of the age. It's that glorious day when, when the new heaven and earth would be recreated and all the redeemed will be worshiping and serving God. It's that glorious day when salvation of all believers of all generations would be complete and perfectly fulfilled. And he and all those who love him would be ruling and reigning with him for all eternity. Listen, that's the joy that was set before him it wasn't what he was going through that he enjoyed he prayed father let it pass for me but then he said not my will but thine be done because there was something he saw there was a joy he had he knew that there was coming a day we would all be together and we'd be in glory for all eternity he kept that before him that's the joy that was before him and when that is before us <laughs> oh, folks, when that is before us, we'll find that serving Jesus is easy in this world. What do you mean, preacher? The joy that was set before him was the joy of redemption. And this redemption stirred and it motivated Jesus to come to earth, to live in this sin-cursed world. To die a sinner's death because he was providing salvation for us. That was the joy that was set before him. You know, the joy of redemption provides us with hope. It provides us with an assurance and peace. My hope or my assurance is not in this world <laughs> If I only had hope that would end when this world ends or my time in this world ends, I'd already, right now, be miserable. I read an illustration for you at the very beginning of this, and it seemed like these men who had their hope in this world were just miserable while living in this world. <laughs> but my Lord and Savior, he arose from the dead. And we have a hope <laughs> that goes beyond this world. First Corinthians 15 to 20 says, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. What this means is that he is the first 
to arise from the dead. I don't know if you hear that. He's the first. Whenever you say first, something else is coming along with it. So what that means is he's not the only one that's going to rise from the grave. One day, we who know him as Lord and Savior, we get to rise from the grave also. Oh, this is such an assurance. The Bible promises us of a resurrection day. A day when the trump of God will sound and the dead in Christ shall rise. And those who are in Christ that remain will be called together and changed. And called up in the clouds with the Lord forever. For those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, we have the promise of this truth. So therefore, we have the assurance of a better time and a better place. And this is the joy that will motivate us to abide in him. The joy of knowing that this isn't as good as it gets. The joy of knowing that sleepless nights that's filled with tears... They won't be like that always. Those times when we, when we just think about our loved ones who's gone on before us, we'll never shed a tear like that again. God's got this thing fixed, folks. He's got this thing fixed to where we won't experience hurt. We won't know shame. We won't be able to, to be defeated again or walk around defeated because we'll have so much joy in the presence of God. And when we fix our eyes there, on the joy that he has prepared for us. Let me say it this way. If we fix our eyes on his joy. <laughs> that joy when we're all together. That joy when we're reigning with him. That joy when we were able to walk a street of gold and we're able to sit by a crystal clear river. That joy of, of being in a place where we'll never grow old. Oh, when we fix our eyes on his joy, oh, we're motivated. We should be motivated. <laughs> we should be motivated. This is the joy that will motivate us to continue to follow him this is the joy that will motivate us to obey his commandments we hear so often i don't think i can serve the lord i'm gonna fail i i well you know the secret to serving the lord is just keeping your eyes on the joy that awaits us <laughs> keeping your eyes on him and not on everything that's around when we do that, oh, we can follow him. Will we do it perfectly? Nah, we're in this sin, we're in this flesh. But our hearts will break when we fail him. And when our hearts break because we failed him, we'll cry out to him. And when we cry out to him, he's gonna tell us, just as he told David, <laughs> you're already forgiven. <laughs> It was told to David. When David cried out, restore the joy of my salvation. David had took his eyes off Jesus. Put his eyes on himself. But God said, you have been forgiven. 
I'm so glad I've been forgiven. And whenever I fall, he just lifts me up. And he carries me when I can't walk. Until I can walk. And he'd carry me through valleys. He'd lead me up mountains. But every valley he's picked out. And every mountain he's picked out. For each one of us. This joy will motivate us to love the Lord. This joy will motivate us to also love one another. When we are not loving each other. It's because our eyes are on us and not on him. Folks, it's when the love of the Lord and the love for another. It's when we do love the Lord and love one another. God is glorified and fruit is produced in our lives. So it appears that Jesus is saying, I've told you these things. So that if you will follow me, if you will obey me, if you will abide in me. I'll make your life fruitful. I'll make it full of joy. We'll experience joy here. But when we get over there, our joy will be full. (laughs) Every head bowed, every eye closed. When we abide in Jesus, I believe what the songwriter said. No guilt in life. No fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I stand. Folks, (coughs) the joy of the Lord is a wonderful thing. And everyone can choose to experience it. I believe with all that is in me that the Bible is true. I believe Jesus is soon to come after his bride. He's soon to come after his church. Those who who are born again, he's soon coming after you. So keep that in sight because it gives us joy and it motivates us to live fruitful lives. But what about you who are here today? You who have never been born again or you who are not abiding in Christ. What's your motivation for each day? Yeah, I'm sure from time to time you experience happiness and I thank God that you do. But what about during hardships of your life? If you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you will find that you can experience the joy of the Lord. No matter what your circumstances may be. So my question to you is, are you ready today? Are you ready to experience this joy that only comes through knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior? 
All you have to do is believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Believe that he lived, he died here. He was buried and he arose from the grave. And believe that if you call upon the Lord, that he will forgive you of your sins. For the Bible tells us that if you confess your sins, he's just and faithful to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Are you ready today? Are you ready today to call upon the Lord and be saved? The choice is yours as they begin to sing this song of invitation. My question to you is, are you ready? Are you ready to experience this joy? And know that you'll be in the number when we go to receive it in full. Are you ready?